0: Greetings, you're on Deep Background for the, what is today, the 19th of October, <laughs> the last uh, debate is tonight in the presidential race. I'm here as always with the other two musketeers, <laughs> Steve Kraske of KCUR is up to date, and the Hi, Kansas City Star High, and uh, Scott Cannon with the star,
1: how are you doing? People go, who's Scott hey, Cannon? they right. know Kraske and Pelling, but He's who's this other guy? Scott Cannon?
2: That should be our podcast. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Cannon's one of the great... Heroes of journalism in America. I think mm. we can all agree on we that. We all agree on that. A couple of programming notes before we get into today's yak. Uh, next, uh, next in the next podcast next week, uh, it's uh, our intentions to, to, unless things blow up in other races, to take a look at some of the constitutional amendments and ballot to measures in Missouri and maybe the judges in Kansas too. We'll talk about that. Uh, the courthouse in Johnson County, the combat tax, all the other sort of non candidate stuff we have to think about, and then the following Wednesday we'll tape a prediction podcast to get everybody on the record about who they think will
2: win or lose. <laughs> you, you guys are want re- to tune in for that because we always get it right, yeah, we always get that right, don't you know, we? Half of them are going to win. them. That's, I'm going out on a limb here. <laughs>
0: um, so Let's t- uh, start by talking a little bit about the state of the race presidentially. You guys are NBA fans. Um, you know, it seems like Donald Trump is down 17 points with about four minutes to go, so his only option is to start firing away three-pointers and hope some of them stick. First three-pointer comes tonight in the debate. Steve, you think that's right? I mean, the yeah. the, the danger there is if you, if you miss, you could lose by 40 points, right?
2: So, yeah, yeah. and. Yeah, it looks he he needs a Hail Mary pass here, there's no question about it. And he's got a couple of opportunities, one that he controls, that's the debate uh, tonight. The other one he doesn't control is some sort of leak about Hillary's emails that begins to change people's uh, thinking about Hillary Clinton in some dramatic way. But boy, this race has really moved away. I saw two polls uh, this morning, two national polls, reputable pollsters, uh, Hillary Clinton up by double digits in both. And that begins to change the math in all kinds of races up and down the ballot. U.S. Senate race in Missouri certainly a big plus for Jason Kander. You got to begin to wonder about uh, Democrat uh, Jay Seidie in Kansas's third district, who's facing this you know seemingly very uphill battle against an entrenched incumbent like Kevin Yoder. You got to begin wondering if that race is suddenly in play now because of the national dynamics out there. Yeah, that's going on all over the place. What can if you're in the
0: war room with uh, Donald Trump, what do you tell him to do, Scott? Anything? I mean, what what what's the advice with two and a half weeks to go when you're down this far? Well, I, I
1: guess the short answer is Supreme Court, Supreme Court, Supreme Court. That's that's the one sort of neutral, brings it back to Republican versus Democrat, and 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 talks less about who the candidates themselves are. Right? You know, you're, Steve, you're right. There could be more Wiki. There will be more WikiLeaks stuff. Um, on on Clinton, I, I doesn't feel like it can move the needle anymore, unless it were some really outrageous quid pro quo, pay-to-play thing. Yep. You know, people's opinions of her have got to be, the concrete starting to harden there. I think, and frankly, I don't think there's a, you know, if, if you've got uh, Donald Trump coming out using the N-word on a tape or, which is, you know, speculated about, we don't right, think right, that's, right. Don't have reason to believe that's true, or, or, or more women coming out saying that he, you know, groped them in some way. You know, people's opinions on those things have got to be settled by now. I think right.
0: The the WikiLeaks uh, problem for Clinton reminds me of Trump's rhetorical problem. Over many months, he said so many things that seemed so outrageous that the public became numb to it in a way. The tax thing, you know, he didn't pay taxes for that. Like came and went in a 24-hour period. In another cycle, it might be disqualifying or at least a huge problem. In in Trump world, it just it was a 24-hour story. And you get the sense that WikiLeaks is kind of the same thing for Clinton, right? That, that nothing is sticking, in part, for the same reason. There's so much of it. If it were one or two things... First of all, I don't think WikiLeaks hurts her as much as people think because it's not her so much. It's Podesta. It's her people. You don't see her saying disparaging things about... Catholics or, or you know evangelicals or other things, so that I think that helps her a little bit.
1: Um, and, and they haven't been easy things to seize on and understand. Right. They don't fit on a bumper sticker, right? Right. Now, this FBI quid pro quo again in isolation,
0: people might be going crazy over that. It might be a huge deal that the FBI and the you know they were trying to cut a deal with the State Department on classification of documents. You you classify
1: a document the way we want, and we'll let you put FBI agents where you want to put them. Right,
0: right. And instead what you get is sort of more drip, 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 and there is no – because of the dripping, it loses its impact. I, I saw that written in a couple places this week. I think that's probably one of the things that's going on. You know, Which it makes it more difficult for Trump, right? I mean, it, 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 he can't rely on the drip, drip, drip anymore. He's got to, he's got to really come up with
2: something. Well, absolutely. But I, I think you can make the case. Maybe you can make the case both ways that these two candidates uh, may rank as the most resilient political candidates of our lifetimes. I mean, the fact that Donald Trump is still standing, he's got a shot at winning Ohio as we stand here, as we sit here this morning, and that's important because he can't, he can't go anywhere unless he wins Ohio. That is absolutely astonishing to me, given what the man has been through. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you could sort of make the same case about Hillary Clinton, that she is on the brink of, of walking into the Oval Office, given what she's been through, her lack of favorability, people don't like her, lack of trust. And that storyline is gonna continue right into her presidency, should she uh, win uh, in, in a couple of weeks. So, But boy, talk about resilient people, I mean, Given that much, they are that.
1: Well, they're resilient only in the sense that they're – or another way to look at that resilience is they're so disliked to begin with yeah. that you can't bring them down any further so the vote goes back to am I a Republican or a Democrat. And there's
2: there's very few to move in the middle there, it feels like. I, I yeah, but, have, but so many things that – I'm repeating the obvious – so many things that Trump has – has said are, are are just disqualifying on on in any other context in any other political cycle, and the man still might win Ohio. That's that's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. yeah. What well, what um you know she's up by seventeen points in the fourth quarter. What does she do? Do you freeze the ball? Do you oh sure you do? I man, I think one of the things that we're missing a little bit in the last couple of weeks is we've talked all along all year about her advantage in money. She's got more advertising time up. She's more organized in a lot of states. That's that rubber is starting to meet the road now. I mean, you know, if Trump is to have a chance, you would expect him to be up everywhere just, you know, killing the airwaves with spots. You don't get a sense that that's true. We're not in play, so it's a little harder to see, but but and her organizational advantage, I think is beginning to have an impact. I mean, that's the other thing where She can stay at home and sort of just hope the mechanisms uh, uh, carry her across the finish line. On the other Mm -hmm. hand, I I do think people are going to start thinking, you know, gosh, we really want to hear from you in the last two weeks. We want, you know, if you're, she hasn't done any appearances in the last two or three days, supposedly getting ready for the debate. debate. Um, So, uh, you know, uh, uh, there is a little danger, in my view, in running out the clock.
1: Yeah, I th- but, but I think she'll run out the clock even as she makes appearances. So she'll, after the debate, what do you expect? She'll show up one place a day on one message point and stick to that, if, you know, hyper discipline, which is her absolute
2: strength, right? And tell me if I'm wrong here. You know, as, as we sit here, you begin to sense there's at least a little here's a word you haven't attached to Hillary Clinton this whole campaign a little enthusiasm here self-generated just by the fact that she's gonna win and maybe win big suddenly we're getting close to election day you are beginning to sense a little bit of a a a pick-me-up in in that campaign that's been lacking all along because people want to be with a winner she's gonna win big you're gonna see some, some, some of that happened here. Yeah, I think here. that's and true.
0: But I, I'm still, I must say, Steve, you and I, and I, Scott, I think you might have been a part of this too. In 2008, when Barack Obama came to Kansas well, City in the closing it to weeks, that,
2: David.
0: well, right, but I mean, you do compare it to that in a little bit. She is, in some ways, the historic figure that he was in terms of a woman being the first woman president. You would expect you're not going to get seventy thousand people for a rally for Hillary Clinton on the Liberty Memorial Mall. But you might – I mean, you might be – it might be a struggle to get 7,000 for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the last mm-hmm. weeks. That, that says something, too, that, that I still think the most important dynamic of this entire race is I don't like her, but I detest him or in the other direction. It's very much a defensive vote, more defensive than anything we've seen in our lifetimes, which is another reason, by the way, why if you're Hillary
2: Clinton, run out the clock, you don't want to give another piece a person a reason to vote against you uh, going forward. But I also think it's true when you win a, in a landslide, people want to be with a winner. And, and that's going to, listen, she's still unpopular. There's still all kinds of problems here. But having said that, there's going to be a little boost here. And that, again, I think all plays to the, to the advantage of candidates like Jason Kander and Jayside.
0: Yeah. When we look back, Scott, what Will we see a turning point in this race for Donald Trump? Was there a moment where he made just a poor decision uh, that really changed the oh, race many. forever. Well, that's <laughs> my point, kind <laughs> which, of. What are you going to pull I mean, out you of could, maybe though. the, you know, the the Access Hollywood tape, maybe. The first debate, maybe. The convention, maybe.
1: I mean, will well, we always... D- I think the fact that you're, you're able to list all these things says, no, it's not going to fit into a neat narrative. And, right. Well, I, Did he ever have a chance? I still think he has a chance. Yeah. I think he has a long shot I, I I don't think he's done himself any favor in the last couple of days. He's... I saw him yesterday. He was saying that Hillary Clinton is meeting with international bankers, right. getting ready to Boy, that's surrender American sovereignty, which is just sort of conspiratorial. It's, a, it's a, you know, it's sort of wink, 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 yep. anti-Semitic. And then he, the other thing he's pulling out of his pocket oh, the black last minute is the
2: kettle black. He's the one who's been meeting with international bankers in Russia. That's you well, know, right. Yeah.
1: And it, and then he's talking about term limits. Well, term limits is a worthy thing to talk about. But if two weeks before, right. or three weeks before the election, now you decide that you're for term limits, you bring no credibility to it. Right, plus, right. plus, we all know, I, th- I, th- I think even people who follow government politics casually know that it's a constitutional amendment. It, it's not going to happen. We don't do constitutional well, the amendments anymore. But here's anymore. the
0: other problem with the whole, uh, uh, you know, Trump uh, uh, term limit thing yesterday was, or on Tuesday, was – he, he coupled it with sort of, send me to Washington so I can drain the swamp. What if
2: you're Roy Blunt? Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> you know, what if you're Kevin Yoder? You've been, you're have you in the swamp, and here's your nominee two weeks dumb. out. He's really he's done with
2: those guys, absolutely So guys.
0: that's why I'm interested in what the inflection point will be, because it, it, it seems to me there will be a point, we'll be able when it's over, to pick a point where we say... Donald Trump decided to either go to the dark side mm-hmm. or or to try and save the party to do, you know, sort of more traditional things.
2: He's not doing any of that.
0: Right. And so he obviously made that choice. Now, was that after the first debate? Did he realize, OK, I've got to start shooting 3 pointers?
2: There's no evidence in his
1: campaign that he makes clear choices in that sort of traditional... We think so traditionally. That's right, why right, it's so, that's been so hard to get our arms around the, the whole Trump phenomena. And he's very. He seems very instinctual and and um, impulsive, yeah, really. Right. 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 But let me ask you guys. So if if Trump is falling badly behind, which the polls seem to indicate, I, I haven't been seeing um, candor ads that that tie Trump. To Blunt or, 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 or Sidi, the Sidi doing, you, yeah. you, you order. I don't see, and why are releases, they, you have seen some of the reverse. Well, you've written about this,
0: David. Yeah. yeah. There's a, uh, I think particularly in the Senate race, it's one of the few places where Donald Trump is actually out polling the down ballot guy in most states, you know, Portman, other, you know, Rubio in Florida, the Republican Senate nominee is actually out polling Trump. It's the reverse in Missouri. And you get the sense from talking to the candor um, people, Jason Candor people, that they feel like they need some Trump votes and that they might get them because the traditional labor guys, you know, the, guy, the machinists or whoever, who like Trump on cultural things like guns and, and, you know, just being a man or whatever, manly stuff, coupled with trade, they're very upset about trade, which we, I think we talked about on a recent podcast. Candor is sort of in the same ballpark. And so they think they can get some Trump candor votes. And the last thing they want to do is advertise blunt uh, Trump because it might anger some of those people. But also, the free media is doing it for them. Because yeah. everywhere, everywhere Roy Blunt goes, hey, what do you think about what Trump said today? So why advertise? This, let, this let, afternoon. Yeah, right. So <laughs> just let just let Roy, who by the way is getting very, very prickly about that question, because it's he's in a just an enormously difficult spot. It's the worst yeah. spot you can imagine. Because he can't and,
1: alienate the Trump
0: guys. He can't make the Trump people mad, and yet he needs some crossover votes too, or at least some enthusiasm. While Trump is calling him a member of the swamp, yeah. you know, and really, and so. You know, you've got to feel a little bit sorry for for Roy Blunt because uh, you know, if I were in his, his room trying to tell him what to do, I'm not sure what I'd what I'd say at this late date. It's just that you know, Scott, kind of, you said something so important. We try it's to gauge, habit. yeah, yeah. It, right. It, it, First we gauge this thing by our traditional yardsticks, and they just don't apply with Trump. Yeah. You just, mm-hmm. and so you know, it's no wonder that campaigns are just flummoxed by what to do. What, what do you do with this yeah, guy? Who
2: else you feel sorry for in this campaign is anyone who's not at the top of the ballot, these down-ballot candidates like for attorney general, lieutenant governor, state treasurer. Listen, these guys don't get much attention in any uh, cycle, but this cycle, how do you break through and, and try to talk to voters when it's all Trump all the time and then a little bit of blunt candor also, you know, and, and Chris Coster and Eric Reitens, how does anyone break through with any kind of message in an environment like this the answer is you don't yeah or and
0: or you become very personal which i think is another dynamic that we've missed a little bit in the down ballot races where it's all about lobbying connections and families and and uh but no you one's know, spouses and everybody why do you think that is why do you th- i mean is it a a straight ticket voting situation this year steve i mean because i i agree with you it's strange to me Maybe I always feel this way two weeks out. It
2: doesn't seem like the public is engaged
0: on those other races quite as much. No, not at
2: all. But you see what the polls suggest and what insider suggests is that the Republicans are going to sweep pretty much all the down-ballot races in Missouri, with the possible exception of Lieutenant Governor, where you have, you know, uh, you have a Carnahan running you know, for that seat, and that name still resonates in Missouri. To, to some degree. Well, we still
0: think Kander Blunt's 50-50, don't we, at yeah, this it's point? Yeah, still 50-50. And how about
2: Greitens and Coster? And, uh, that's a 50-50. Se- seems to be tightening. You coster yeah. may be still the, 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 the slight favorite there, but that race seems to have tightened as Does well. Does it
0: change anything that the Clinton campaign said this week, they'll send another half million dollars into Missouri we well, get it, out
2: the vote? I mean, that's you, not, you not a ton of money. You uh, quoted Roy Temple, the chairman of the Missouri Democratic Party, saying send more. Right, right. They as need, much as and we and can I think get.
0: turnout is a big concern frankly, for the Dems now. Well, see,
2: you know, you, you've been asking
1: for a month or so about what does the presidential race mean down ballot? And I didn't have any clue. I have a theory with no evidence to support it, which is <laughs> the best which kind. Which is typical for,
0: for the podcast. But yeah. that if,
1: if, if indeed it looks like Clinton's going going to win, and, and, and that becomes the conventional wisdom, at least, going into Election Day, for, for Missouri Democrats, that's a really great thing because – it, you've got a whole bunch of voters out there. I don't want to vote for either of these guys. I hate them both. You know, <laughs> They're not going to vote. Right, right. So you, you could see some traditional Republicans staying home. They don't have to vote for Trump, and they don't have to vote for Clinton. But if the Democrats have some enthusiasm, well, I, I can vote for Hillary because I'm, Steve says a little bit of enthusiasm, and I think she's going to win, and I get the smell that we might win some of these other races. There's a little more motivating force for the average Joe maybe. to get out in right, Missouri right, on the Democratic side. Which Same is, with within the 3rd District in Kansas a little bit. Right, right. If they start yeah, to which,
0: which is why I think that when we look back at the race, but the Access Hollywood tapes will be seen as such an inflection point, yeah, a point they because yes. they really took the steam out of uh, whatever metaphor we want to use, out of the enthusiasm for Donald Trump. You still have hardcore enthusiasm, but if you go to rural Missouri and talk to the 55-year-old you know, mom or grandma, and, and say, you know, what the, the impacted that tape. I think it, she might still vote for Trump, but it, it's just not the enthusiasm, the energy, the time for change that he really depended on. And if he loses that kind of vote, you know he's going to get crushed in the, most of the urban areas uh, you know the, the the enthusiasm then just plummets and that I think Scott then you're right the Democrats get you know hey we have a shot and let's show up and yeah. let's elect some of these down-ballot guys.
2: We shall see but just tying the word enthusiasm to Hillary remains such a a leap for so many people but maybe there's a little bit going on on, on that front.
0: Yeah do we expect any surprises you know they've been predicting the October surprise for for months Again, I think some of that is discounted now.
1: Well, sure, we sort
2: of had them. We've had the tape. We've had the WikiLeaks. Um, you know, I, don't, I don't know what. Well, it we're still be. two and a half weeks out, and in, in Steve's theory of politics, is there's always a chance that these things are they waves that ebb and flow here. There's time for something else to happen. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but you got to wonder. Yeah. Uh, I w- finally wrap up our discussion today. I wrote a story in the paper today about the
0: lack of debates on the state and local Amazing. level which used to be, as you know, pretty much a standard thing. We'd go watch Talon and McCaskill. We'd go, you know, one in Kansas City, one in St. Louis. And it was interesting to me talking to all the consultants I did over the last couple of days. They all said, look, first of all, the risk isn't worth the reward anymore, the chance of making a stupid statement, which I think is actually pretty valid. But the other thing is, they don't think debates move anybody mm-hmm. because nobody watches them, or if they do, it's for entertainment purposes. And, oh, or the only they've thing already that happens,
2: you make a mistake, yeah. and that costs you. Right? So there's no upside. Right.
0: You know. So we've invested so much time and energy in the presidential debates. Do we think they moved any votes? I'm not sure they did. I th- maybe the first debate a little bit, but uh, you know, we're going to watch the third one tonight. Well, oh, I, I, you know, I think
1: that th- I, I felt at least in real time that the first debate moved things. He, he. He got worn out and and seemed sort of nutty by the end of the night, and that hurt him. I actually think that the second debate helped him stop the bleeding a little bit from right, the tape, right. just because it he he was focusing back on on her. So it, it it reminded people why they you know all the Republicans why they hate Hillary right. I, I
0: think people looked at the second debate and thought, boy, if he's bad in this one, he you know he it'll be over. In fact, remember, people were pulling for him to get out of the race which is an astonishing thing in and of itself, yeah. there were legitimate above ground calls for Donald Trump to step aside three or four weeks before election day. And so you're exactly right, it stopped the bleeding. But again, so I don't- It would don't, take something
1: dramatic on her part tonight, it seems. Right. I mean, he could, he could dig himself a deeper hole. I'm not sure he can climb out of the hole he's dug, but she might be able to extend him a ladder, if I can stretch that metaphor a little bit, if she right. does something On stupid, the other hand, Don't
0: you think uh, uh, that Clinton has been brilliant in both debate performances of not overreacting to Trump Mm -hmm. and letting him sort of hang himself, you know, instead of going, that's an outrage, I can't believe you'd say that. She just sort of smiles and takes it. And if he's as desperate tonight as we think he is, uh, you know, he could hang himself. I mean, he could just come out and start blasting away and – and drop another five or six. Now, points. going
2: back to your point, though, about <clears throat> the lack of local debates, you know, let me hop on my soapbox a little bit here. I think there needs to be uh, debates for governor and for U.S. Senate in every state. There needs to be a, a commission that's set up, a bipartisan commission in states, to ensure that there are two or three debates for high office, like U.S. Senate and governor. The fact that there apparently are not going to be and it doesn't, you know, I don't think there's any evidence there will be, that's just a real loss for the voters. It, we can get away from who it helps and who it hurts. It's just a civic obligation that if you're going to run for governor and if you, just, you become a party's nominee, you should agree to appear in two or three televised debates. I host a radio show, as you know, on the NPR affiliate here in town, KCUR, and we've been trying for weeks to get in-house debates for the candidates for governor and U.S. Senate. We couldn't move the needle on it. We are going to get individual one on ones with right, Boylan and Jason Kander, but right. not together. And uh, for all the reasons that we've cited here this morning, and that to me is just a loss for de- all, all those goody 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 two shoe things. A loss for democracy and civic engagement. Yeah. Uh, but in, didn't in
1: that, to country. me, that reflects a little bit of the, the cynicism that is taken over campaigns of and course. that oh. we've got ways to reach the people we want to in the way we want to. We don't feel yes. a sort of civic obligation to, just, to debate and right. you not know, just in a you know one-on-one, but in, to engage in public discourse right. about the issues. It that goes are, beyond
0: yeah. just debates. It's an idea that everything that we do must be strategic
2: everything, yep. Yep.
0: as a candidate and as a campaign. Even something as Even elemental as, as a face-in-face for, Right, encounter. that it yeah. becomes, uh, that everything, and I, Bob Beatty, who's we all know the political science professor down at Washburn, talked about that a lot. He said, it's just all politics, everything, you know, step out the door in the morning, is this the right way to do it based on polling or whatever, rather than some fun, more fundamental understanding that I'm running for a reason and I need to convince people that's a good reason, Uh, I think that's missing without debates. I also think, and I talked to some campaigns about this yesterday, that there's such an important way for reporters to engage a campaign. It's, you know, the the TV stations are not going to do a lot of reporting on any of these races, but debates are perfect. They're both in one place. They're at a set time. They're easily understood. And and so the news coverage then helps voters understand what's going on. And, again, strategically, I think the last thing most campaigns want these days is news coverage. They don't want news coverage. They don't want debates. They don't want anything outside their controllable political universe. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree with you, Steve. I think that's – that. and Scott. And not only is that bad for democracy, but it reflects poorly on the decision-making skills of the candidates. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you know, if you're afraid – to be exposed to reporters, or you're ex- afraid to be on the same stage with your candidate for whatever reason, what the hell are you running for office for? Yeah, I bet you can fix
2: it fairly easily. You set up some commission uh, made up of distinguished statesmen in a state like Missouri and a state like Kansas, and as the campaign begins, you get candidates to sign something saying they'll agree to debate should they become the party's nominee. Who's going to turn that down early in the in, in campaign? Right. Well, the pressure to sign it will be great. I think Think maybe you could get past. Yeah,
0: Beatty it. said yesterday, let's just have a law, pass a law requiring major party candidates. Yeah. Now, he says it's legal. I didn't get very deeply into that, but but I do think that debates and news coverage serve an important function in any campaign. And we're at a point now. This is a guy in the news business yeah, who, yeah, right, right, who moderates debates. debates right, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I. When I did the Branson debates, they were interesting. They were that you saw a sure contrast, you saw decision making, you you shot you saw demeanor. I mean, all of those things that I think help people. And that debate, of course, Friday afternoon in Branson, Missouri, at a <laughs> hotel <laughs> on Table Rock Lake, where you know you almost have to take a canoe to get to it to hear <laughs> what's going on. I mean, I, I, it's a broader critique, Stephen Scott, of this idea that campaigns are now so straight-jacketed and so dependent on strategies and polling and yes. data that any anymore. humanity at all is really excised out of the entire process. Boy, that's a happy note to end on. There you go. There you go. <laughs> God bless America. Yeah, that's right. Steve Kraske with uh, KCUR's Up to Date and The Star and Scott Cannon with The Star. Thanks, Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey uh, appreciate all of our listeners as we always do. For deep, uh, deep background, we're on iTunes. We're going to link to this, do a bunch of other stuff. Let us know what you think. Again, next week we'll talk a little bit about... Um, the uh, ballot issues and some of the other things not presidentially related and then we'll do a big prediction podcast the Wednesday before election day and then strap it on boys <laughs> get ready for the voters to tell us what they want. Again, I'm Dave Helling with the Kansas City Star and you have been on D. The-